Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Whoa there. All right. Welcome to episode 32 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast, Chris Carson number. Uh, I am here with my friend Bennett today, as per normally, uh, how we do things. Um, Let's just get into it. Prior to game information, the team announced that CenturyLink Field has changed its name to Lumen Field. Mm. Uh, People are, as Bennett has demonstrated, people are sort of mum on the name change. Personally, it does not matter to me too much. I mean, I always kind of call it the Seahawks Stadium. Uh, Do you have have thoughts on that there, my friend? I'm not... I'm not incredibly hurt by it. Like... CenturyLink is, has become iconic as time has moved on. I mean, of course, uh, our generation, more than anything, really knows it as Questfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think enough time has passed where it is now the clink. So a little, a little sad to see that name go. I'm a little less precious about uh, stadium names. Like, I, I thought the yeah. T-Mobile, T-Mobile Park was fine, or T-Mobile, I don't know what we call it, T-Mobile Field. It's a park. Yeah. Uh, T-Mobile Park is fine. Lumen Field is okay. Lumen Field, the reason I don't like Lumen Field, it, it doesn't sound very, like, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's kind of like, eh. Like, T-Mobile Field, eh, okay, whatever. But They're it's both pink. sort of mediocre now. It's pink, so that's fun. <laughs> but it was just really interesting to get that day of game. Uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. They did it the day. They go and they announced, all right, you know, the field is now Lumen Field. It's like, okay, Lumen uh, bought out CenturyLink, so that is why that they happened. about a while ago, too. Really? I think it's been a couple months. Yeah, oh. this was this was apparently huh. in the works for a while now, so. Well, there you go. Um, Quentin Dunbar was placed on IR prior to the game. Uh, I have something to say about that later. Uh, Jason Stanley was added to the active roster prior to the game, and day of game and actives featured center Ethan Pochich, uh, defensive end Jonathan Bullard, running backs Travis Homer and Chris Carson, tight end Kobe Parkinson, uh, guard Jordan Simmons, and cornerback Shaquille Griffin. So your uh, Seahawks were down both of their corners for this game. Uh, obviously a little bit of an issue considering the uh, offense that you're playing in the Cardinals, but uh, let's just get into what happened. Uh, in the first quarter, Seattle would start the scoring off with a DK Metcalf 25-yard touchdown reception reception uh, from Russell Wilson with 8.45 left in the first quarter, and that would be the only score that we would get from that opening quarter. The defense uh, sort of started off this game by, you know, playing better than they have in the past few weeks, or in fact the past, well, the rest of the season. Um, and there was no scoring from the Cardinals in that first quarter. In the second quarter, that would change, though, as Kenyon Drake, uh, running back for the Cardinals, would get a two-yard touchdown rush with 13.51 left in the second. And the CX with an answer with a Tyler Lockett touchdown catch from 11 yards out, Tyler Lockett playing on a swollen knee. Uh, but Jason Myers would miss the extra point, womp womp, um, <laughs> to give the CX only a 13-7 lead with 8.27 to go before the half. Jason Myers would then potentially redeem himself uh, with a field goal as time expired to give the Seahawks a 16 to seven halftime lead. So still, you know, relatively close, um, not putting up these huge numbers, the defense, the story of this game uh, as we're going to keep going on 
really was the way that the defense played. But we'll we'll get into that more. Uh, in the third quarter, Arizona would start the scoring off for the second half with a Dan Arnold touchdown catch from four yards out uh, with 10.07 to go in the third. Carlos Hyde, fresh off the injury list, uh, would play a big part in this game as seen uh, with his two-yard touchdown well, two-yard touchdown run doesn't really show the impact he made there, but uh, as I said, get into that later. Uh, to extend the Seahawks lead to set to nine with 5:21 left in the third, and that would be the last score there. Fourth quarter, Chase Edmonds would be wide open uh, in the end zone after Seattle sent basically a jailbreak blitz and catch a touchdown pass from Kyler Murray from three yards out with 13, yeah, 13-19 left in the fourth. Uh, but then. Uh, when the Cardinals got the ball back, former Seahawk guard J.R. Sweezy would get a holding penalty on L.J. Collier womp, womp. with Arizona backed up on their own end zone to give Seattle the two-point safety and the ball, extending their lead from two to four. Jason Myers would add a 41-yard field goal with 219 left in the game later on. And then with Cardinals driving, uh, Kyler Murray looking to put this comeback to fruition, Carlos Dunlap in his third game as a Seahawk would sack Kyler Murray on fourth down uh, with Arizona driving to seal the game, and the Seahawks would win 28-21. to 21. So, uh, you know, as I said, the defense really sort of, uh, as Ben and I talked about as we uh, got on here before we started recording this, uh, they, they got up for this game. You know, it was a big game that they needed to show out, and, you know, obviously Carlos Dunlap played a big role in that. Uh, both Carlos has played a big role as I will go into stats here. Russell Wilson completed 23 of his 28 passes for 197 yards and two TDs. Nothing too crazy, but you know, better from the past, uh, with all the, with the past few games with the turnovers, Russell Wilson is now the winningest quarterback in NFL history through nine seasons. Passing Peyton Manning's record was still uh, several games to go in the season. Uh, Carlos Hyde led the team in rushing with 14 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown good to sort of get a running game back um, after, you know, having to rely on DJ Dallas uh, and the likes of Alex Collins. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett off of his swollen knee uh, would catch nine passes for 67 yards and a touchdown. So let's just get into this. What are your thoughts on the play of the defense? I, I mean, I thought the defense – the defense was perfectly serviceable this week. And honestly, this was probably one of the better games – Okay, probably one of the cleaner games of football. I know there were some uh, questionable calls, actually, for both sides, really. Um, And then questionable non-calls, particularly um, in favor of the Cardinals. The Cardinals did end up getting slapped for 10 penalties, but most of those were actually on offense. They had a lot of uh, uh, false starts. But to focus Mm -hmm. on the play of the Seattle defense, which I think actually contributes to their false starts... We had probably the best penetration we've had all all season. I mean, you only really had three sacks, I think. Um, two of them from Dunlap and one of them from Collier. I don't remember that. Uh, I think he got a half sack or something like that. Or did they count the uh, holding in the... Oh, that might technically count because anything... I'm wondering if that technically counts as a... Uh... Technicality. Um. But yeah, so honestly, perhaps even only two true sacks. Um, but a perfectly serviceable job. The, the secondary played one of its better games. They held, hey, I want to put out a number. They held uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming off of the game of his life pretty much. 
to 51 yards off of five receptions. So, okay, averaging 10 uh, a target, but or averaging 10 a catch, but still pretty remarkable to hold him only 51. Larry Fitzgerald actually outpaced him with uh, even down yards. the two corners too. Down the two corners, down Dunbar, down Griffin. You mean you got these guys like Neil? You got these guys like uh, the one you love so much, Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, who actually had a decent game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Trey Flowers matching up against DeAndre Hopkins to me was going to be a nightmare situation that was going to lose us the game. But it actually turned out to be the thing that might have won us the game because Trey Flowers did a decent job of keeping him in check. Uh, the only one that really sticks out to me is when he gave him probably about like seven yards of separation and D hop turned that into 23 yards. Um, But yeah, even Shaquem Griffin got in there on special teams. Uh, DJ Reed did a great job. Um, Amadi can't, I can't talk enough about Amadi. Amadi's a fantastic, just a fantastic corner. Uh, And then of course we got uh, Quandre Diggs and uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, of course, I think this game was his best game since returning. I guess he's only been back two games, and that last mm. game was pretty lackluster for him. But just overall, um, they showed up. They played like they needed to. Nothing flashy outside of Carlos Dunlap's two, two solo, two assisted, two sacks. Uh, pretty good game for him. I know we'll probably touch on MVPs later, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Dunlap had an amazing game. And of course, the linebacker core stood out to me as well because honestly, you stopped their running game pretty decently. Was, in addition to stopping their passing game, you only really get them uh, rushing yards 57 yards. That's good for a team that is coming in here as the number one rushing offense in the NFL, I believe. Um, with their Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake. Oh boy, the guy who's injured. Wait. The guy who's injured is Kenyon Drake, and he's back, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Because they've got those two guys and then Kyler, yeah. Of course, Kyler Murray. Uh, So I don't exactly mind that we gave up 257 passing yards because that's not that much when you're playing DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. Especially Um, compared to what we've been allowing. Compared to what we've been allowing and compared to the fact that we're losing our starters. It also makes you question the quality of our starters. Ooh. So I I personally was not – I was shocked by the defensive performance. I wasn't expecting it. Um, I was pretty <laughs> doom and gloom about this game because I thought that if we lose this game, it colors the complexity of the rest of our season, or at least the postseason. But I think that this does, in fact, show that the Seahawks have the potential, which is something Chuck and I talked about. You know, you and I talked about this extensively last week. The mm-hmm. players are there. They just got to – Yep. ball out it's just it's just I, th- I think the word that you used was perfect i think serviceable is correct because you know playing like this is great mm-hmm. having that week having this week um when you beat this cardinals team is great but it it, it won't matter if you don't sustain it you know right. you can't have one flash in the pan and then it's all back to you know allowing like 800 yards offense um it, it, it's it's too early for me to do that, but I would I would almost say that Ken Norton turned things around. But like I said, too, too early to say it, but if you can continue this, I would say that he's turning things around. This yeah. could have been just scheme uh, because in the, the, week, the days leading up to this game, Bobby Wagner and Ken Norton said that they, they know, they quote-unquote know how to stop this Cardinals offense, and it's even <laughs> more. Um, yeah. To go back to what you said about linebackers, 
there was one play in particular where it was a designed run for Kyler Murray. I believe it was a third down, and it was K.J. Wright and Kyler Murray, sort of Oklahoma drill style. It's like one of them's got to, yep. you know, someone's got to prevail here. And K.J. Wright, you know, he kept his feet flat. He, you know, he he just kept him, kept Kyler Murray in front of him, and he was able to make a stop. I would like to I would like to give a superlative to K, uh, KJ Wright for being the most consistent part of this defense. Yeah, the dude has been money all year. Uh, like I think he's the only defender on the Seattle defense who's been money all year. I know Bobby Wagner gets a lot of the attention from the sports media, mm. but KJ Wright is a fantastic player. And KJ Wright's been unsung for years, and know? he's playing in a new position this year. Yep. Yep. So, so, yeah, unsung hero, honestly. And I'm glad that the rest of the defense is trying to play up to how he's doing. Um, but continue? Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's what, you know, we're here to do that. We're here to, you know, branch off on different thoughts. I mean, you know, so, no, it like KJ, KJ has been, always been a guy. Obviously, Bobby gets the praise, you know, the all pros and all that. But KJ has always been somebody who's, been consistent you know 10 years in the nfl now which is no no feat to scoff at you know um so it's just like like i said last week uh and that you touched on the players are there to think that they're not there is ridiculous in lieu of other words um and it's just it's just about putting them in the right position that's all it was and this game you could say that they did that obviously it came down to you know being pretty close but they, it was a lot better than what's happened in weeks past. And like you, 257 passing yards, that's a pretty average day, I would say, for a yeah. quarterback, especially in this passing league. You know, so it's it. They were serviceable, and now about you know going forward, it's just about continuing to do that. You know, so something now that I want to touch on is how much of an impact can we see Carlos Dunlap make going forward? Uh, because I will, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you answer that while I pull some up, but he, uh, he, I probably would say, obviously it's early in his illustrious Seahawks career. Um, <laughs> but he, he probably had his best game. Uh, this was probably his best game as a Seahawk. This was his best game all season. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, uh, this is probably his best game for quite a while, actually. He balled out last year, but I think this game he came in clutch when he needed to. You know, he's actually – he's really not a flashy uh, pass rusher. No. He's very meat and potatoes, and I think I like that. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Frank Clark, um, who's, <laughs> who's, whose departure has been felt. Uh, I yeah. think that was like the last – that last piece of a f- amazing decent, uh, defense that we were holding on to, to, to let him walk, I think. Uh, we've talked about this before. We've talked about this like twice before now, but I think that was a signal of bad things to come. But I think Carlos Dunlap fills that role uh, nicely. Uh, Frank maybe was a little bit more flashy than uh, Dunlap was in terms of rips and swims, but there's something to be said about a contained rusher who can who can keep a guy like Kyler Murray in front of him, who can make mm-hmm. sure that Kyler Murray doesn't even have a chance to get past the first line of defense. Um Makes you think of that Dak Prescott interception at the end of the Cowboys game where Ryan Neal picked him off. You have Carlos mm. High, uh, Carlos Dunlap on your team. He doesn't even roll out. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Like he rolls out and he's met. Because by I'm Carlos pretty sure he Dunlap. slipped a tackle that he did. Too. He uh, ducked under a tackle. I think it was Green. Because I think Green. Nope, Green's been out all season. Uh, don't know who it was, but 
might even be LJ Collier because uh, I think he, it was LJ. He almost played hero two games in a row. Um, but yeah, Carlos. I think Carlos Dunlap and LJ Collier are are a pretty good duo for how much a we're paying for them and b what they are. I mean, Dunlap, you get him in a in a in a pretty good in a pretty good trade. I think we yep. did kind of and he restructured his contract. Um, oh yeah, and we got we like haggled it to where we're not spending the whole house on him. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. Him and Adams are guys we should look at extending pretty much immediately. Um, I don't know how much we have. I think Dunlap's for a year, yeah? Yeah. And then um, so, I think Jamal has an option for next year. Right. So these are guys we should structure quickly. That has to be like the first thing we do this uh, offseason. But you look at Dunlap and Collier, they're a perfectly serviceable, again, serviceable, complimentary. Uh, Word DN, of the week. DN force. They're, 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 they're doing good. Oh, yeah. they, I mean, like you got Collier who's this young guy he's got speed Dunlap's got speed too but he's got that power as well um and like they play with such a synthesis that I think it's really good for our defense I think uh Collier reminds me a lot of like a young Jadavian Clowney if I'm allowed to say that um if he develops I think he can be really good and I think I think I think the pass rushing is in a good space secondary is a whole nother question yeah, and uh, Mr. Dunlap finished with two tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and three QB hits. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, he 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 filled different parts of the stat sheet, and he like like we said, best game of the season for him by far. And uh, to go back and touch on somebody that I did not know that he had this many stats, DJ Reed had oh, nine, yeah, nine solo tackles. tackles and eleven total. So you know. From a guy that was that the 49ers cut and you know was picked up back in August to have him sort of stashed away, uh, you know, pretty pretty uh, thankful for that. So, uh, how important now is it that I mean we talked about this a tiny bit before we started this? Uh, how important now is it to keep this you know defensive momentum going forward? Because obviously you play the NFC East minus mm-hmm. Dallas. Right. And the Jets. So, I mean, uh, all of those other teams are going to be trying uh, – well, in the Jets. All of those other teams besides the Jets are going to be <laughs> trying to, you know, get a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to bring their A game. You know, it's not like they're saying, hey, I don't think any of them are necessarily tanking. You know, so it's – it's, and then after that stretch, it's uh, – the Rams again, and then the 49ers to end the season off. So, I mean, is this, is this an opportunity to really sort of build off of this game and to, you know, because all of those offenses that you're going to play with Washington and Philly and New York and the Jets, they're all bad offenses. So it's, Absolutely. you know, is this, is this almost like a tune-up stretch for this defense to, you know, get right? Well, Okay. I think logistically it is, but they can't play like that. I mean, you've got to you've got okay, you got to look at this like you can't look at it like it's practice. You can't play down to the teams you're playing. We yep. made a mistake with the Dolphins, but I think the Dolphins are shocking the entire league right oh, yeah. now. Uh, they had kind of an off game this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless them. Uh, they had to bench Tua, which I don't know. That was a bizarre move, but 
like it's your young starter why are you benching him if he's just having yeah that was bad questionable like an interestingly bad game uh weird move there but um you look at the people we're playing new york uh philly new york and uh that's washington washington no we're not playing washington are we yeah we are Oh, interesting. They are all teams that are hunting for a playoff spot. And they're teams that you want to show you can beat them because there's a decent chance you're going to play them. Uh, yep. Not so much that they're going to like advance to the second round of the playoffs because they're not. No. There's just that reassurance that if you end up being a wild card, you can beat the Eagles. Um, again, two years in a row. Again, two years in a row. <laughs> hey, and I'm not saying they're not stinky poop. They're all stinky poop. They're bad football teams. They're just, they're very, they're very much so benefited by a structure, the league structure that allows them to consistently be in the playoffs for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, as it stands, of course, Philly is uh, number one. Uh, and not because they've won more games, because they just tied. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone so, is three seven three and seven except for Philly who's uh three six and one. So So like obviously newsflash, that's a terrible division. Yeah. Uh I think and the they've been terrible division, all year. The only other division that's like even comparable is the NFC North. Uh who has, you know, Chicago or Minnesota, Detroit, who are all in pretty bad shape right now. Um Minnesota Chicago less really so fell off. Chicago really fell off five and zero to five and five. Ouch. Yep. So, um, so like that's a that's a that's definitely a division that we can get out of with with three wins. But we should be looking for making it three convincing wins and three convincing yes. performances by the defense. Uh, quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, and Alex Smith shouldn't be picking your defense apart but we've seen quarterbacks of their caliber do it to this defense Mm -hmm. not this particular defense but even the seahawks as a team we always have this issue of playing down to the competition i think it has something to do with our culture maybe our coaching culture i don't want to make an assumption there um you should have to rely on russell wilson to bail you out of these games actually i think this should be this should feel like a mini vacation for russell wilson I wouldn't be surprised if some of these games Russell Wilson even doesn't play a snap in the fourth quarter. Um, but our defense has to do well for that to happen. I could see some of these games being 20-plus point blowouts if our defense plays the way they're supposed to. Yep. So I think, yes, this is a time for them to keep the momentum. They can't look at it as a tune-up because there's no such thing as a tune-up in the NFL. College yeah. ball, you, you, you can circle games that are tune-ups all you want. Oh, yeah. They even uh, schedule games like that, you know? Oh, yeah, like... Clemson's gonna play like North the Citadel. Carolina Tech. Um, North Carolina Tech's not a real school. Um, yeah, the Citadel, and they're gonna blow them out like sixty-two to seven. Mm-hmm. It's a tune-up game. But the NFL, there's a reason we say any given Sunday. It's because yep. Blaine Gabbert can beat the Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, so you just you, you can't see them as tune-ups. You should see them as opportunities to prove that you can pull out a statement win. Mm-hmm. I think next week I have circled as a game that we can make a statement win because Philadelphia, for whatever reason, is a annual contender. I don't know why people always talk about them like they're going to do good. It's the Eagles. They haven't done good since they beat Brady. Um, done well. <laughs> but, like, I hope we don't have any Eagles fans who listen to this part. <laughs> I bet there aren't, but... Cause, in know, in the like, off chance that there are. There, there's not that many of them, but um, 
hey, I just think that this is this is an opportunity to pull out three or four statement wins, and I think we should do that. I don't think mm-hmm. we're, we have to be all gas, no breaks. Um, yep. I know I just said the same thing like eight times, but there's that. No, I mean, it makes sense, you know, <laughs> to your point, any given Sunday. I mean, there's a reason we say that, obviously. You know, as CX fans, there's always, it's always like, all right, you know, is this a trap game? Is this something that, you know, there's several times where the Seahawks have played down to their opponent's level and you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's an opportunity to say, Hey, you just beat the Cardinals. You know, that's great and all, but now you got to keep this momentum that you've got and just continue to play good defense and just now is a great opportunity. Like you said, uh, have Russell Wilson not play in the fourth quarter, hopefully. Um, and just get your 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 backups and stuff just depth. I mean, uh, experience. Pardon me, uh, because you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Geno Smith needs much more. Experience. Not that I mean, like the secondary. You know, like yeah, okay, um, I gotcha. <laughs> other D line guys, stuff like that. You know, not necessarily Geno. He's obviously had his run. Oh God, I'd love for him to play in the fourth quarter of the Jets game, though. That would be funny. Um, because we play, I think we play the Giants here and the Jets on the. That's no, me. we play the Jets here because we played the Jets last time in uh, New York when they had Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall. Oh God, I, I remember that game. His arm was going forwards. Yeah, that was uh, freaking Jets. But you know, it's 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 really crucial that they do take care of business. You really do not want to look at any of these four games coming uh, coming up and say wow, they, that was a close one. Like yeah, if no. I look back um, four weeks from now when we're about to play the Rams and I say, wow, that insert Washington, New York, or Philly game was close, you know, then that's a disappointment. It really is, you know, because you play Philly next week, both New York teams in back-to-back weeks at home, and then you go on the road uh, to play Washington – it's it's yeah like I said it's you should win those games in convincing fashion. So let's continue. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, offensive and defensive MVPs. Offensive first. I'm gonna go with Carlos Hyde. I really thought that uh, having him back was really helpful. Um, obviously, Pete sort of was like, "Oh, we need to get to back to running the ball," and they didn't run the ball a, a huge amount. It wasn't like the Seahawks of old, where it's like ground and pound, but they they ran it enough to where it had an impact and Carlos Hyde was getting good rushes. Um, so I thought he, he performed well and he's gotten my vote. Obviously Russell Wilson is, you know, without him, we're not really a playoff team. <laughs> um, but I thought that Carlos deserved a, di- a nod uh, this week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, that's, that's exactly what I was going to go with too. I think, he had a really strong showing. Probably one of the I, – I will be hesitant to say this, but probably one of the better Seahawks running performances that we've seen for a while. Uh, it it really sense. has been sort of hodgepodge, you know, patchwork running back for a while just because Chris hasn't been healthy, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's not to, a stretch to say. To border six yards a carry off that's of 14 pretty. rushes is not bad. That, mm-hmm. That's actually pretty admirable, 5.6 average. 
So, and, and no fumbles whatsoever. No fumbles, no fibs, no mistakes. He had that one pitch that was that gave him some trouble. But, of course, that gets credit to Russell Wilson for whatever stupid reason. Um, really shouldn't. Really shouldn't. That's the yeah, that doesn't thing. make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, I, just a very admirable, sound performance. Uh, I wouldn't even say serviceable. I'd say that was a good performance. That was like, yes, please do that every week performance. Yep. And it just, you know, it it's it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago uh, with Chris. You know, when you've got a guy like Carlos who came in and, you know, he's been with other teams and he's not necessarily a guy that's going to get or want to get paid a ton amount of money and he can basically do your job, you know, it's 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 the contract situation. I'm sure the money, you know, if he's not, he really shouldn't be paid as much as a Dalvin Cook. You know, so it's 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 interesting to see with a performance like last Thursday, uh, what what it'll look like going forward. Whether whether he gets offered that extension, what that extension looks like. You know, so uh, just just something I think about. You know, from time to time, uh, because that's obviously going to come up here soon. So defense, I think we might have the same one. I went with Carlos Dunlap, uh, really showed out, and but you know both facets, not just the pass rush, but in the run defense as well. Um, and really has been, I mean, obviously he doesn't solve all the defensive woes, but he's really helped on the pass rush front. Yeah. It was a tale of two Carloses, if yep. I, if you will. Um, both really showed out. I, I will go with Carlos and not for my MVP too, but if I had to switch for conversation's sake, I'd go with DJ Reed. Um, he held down the fort in that secondary, in that second level. Um, him and Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. <laughs> so he, they, they, they all did a good job. The secondary did a spectacular job. So if I had to, for conversation's sake, I would probably give it to DJ Reed other than Carlos Dunlap. Um, that's like one and two for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, Carlos Dunlap, I mean, if he continues this state of play throughout the rest of the season, amazing trade. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the better trades we've made ever, <laughs> you know. And if and if honestly, if Jamal Adams continues like he did yesterday, also a pretty good trade. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I we don't. Well, need and to... if you get the extension, because and if, if we get he's the like another yeah, clowny, you know. Let's make that known. Both of those need to be good extensions at the end of the day Clowney, of course that trade gets sullied by we didn't pay him and honestly he didn't have I mean, he had an okay season yeah and the injuries you know considering where he's at right now it's injuries and now he's like not even playing so or if he is playing I think he got put on uh IR yeah he hasn't even been brought back yet so he's not gonna get brought back till probably week 15 if that so yeah that's that to me you gotta make those trades look good by extending them but right now that carlos dunlap trade is looking like another john schneider bomb so i think extend that man give that man his money him and jamal and we'll have a good defense for multiple years so yeah mvp for this game definitely carlos dunlap filled the stat sheet um definitely the kind of guy you want on your football team yep no and i think uh dj reed and obviously something we keep touching on not having your two corners mm-hmm. uh that's huge you know and for him to come in and also respond uh be responsible for punt returns um, yeah. 
he 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 balled out. He balled out. So I think either of those options is, you know, neither of those are bad options. Now we have to go to the sad and annoying and worrisome part of the game recaps. Injury news. Uh, Greg Olson uh, is feared to have ruptured his fascia in his foot, and he will be sidelined for at least two months. Uh, and that was it was interesting to watch because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, the two announcers that I despise the most in this world, um, really sort of said that was the end of his career, which is kind of weird because, you know, we hadn't really gotten any indication yet. And uh, after the game, Greg Olson said that he will not – he refuses to allow this to be his final moment. So I don't believe that we've seen the last of Greg Olson on the field and in pads. Obviously, he uh, had his stint with Fox uh, for periods of time. He does some announcing. So that'll probably be what he does after uh, his football career. But it seems like um, we will see Greg Olson uh, back in pads. Uh, Brandon Shell, right tackle Brandon Shell, sprained his ankle, and the severity of it is unclear. Uh, he's been a guy that the team signed. He was a Jet last year, which is interesting to mention now that we play the Jets soon. Um, but to have your starting right tackle out is obviously an issue. Um, and so – you know, we are doing this on Monday. So right now, you know, it's early in the week. We don't really have much injury news, uh, you know. So that's something to monitor. Um, I'm sure this is easy to you, but what what impact would it have to not have Shell going forward? Uh, obviously, we play some teams that me and you have kind of scoffed at, but, <laughs> you know, it's uh, – he's, he's, he's played well this year you know, and to not have a tackle in the NFL, to not have a good tackle in the NFL is kind of an issue. Um, so do you think this will be an issue going forward? Or uh, Obviously, the severity matters, but uh, – or do you think we'll be fine? Um, who's his backup? Is that you, Potty? It might be uh, that Cedric Obiehi. He was signed from the – I guess Bengals tackle, yeah. Regard. Um, well, you know, it, it is important because you always want to have the best protection available for your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I Especially... got Michelle confused with Mayoa, so I was oh, so yeah. to talk about defense, but like, I was like, oh, oh wait, no, 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 that's our tackle. Um, like you said, yeah, no, it is really important, especially with some of the stud linemen uh, in the league. Oh, and but... I did say that we scoff at the teams coming up. But um, Washington does have a good pass rush. So, yeah. They have Ryan Google. Kerrigan and a couple other guys. Even even good. Philly. Even Philly's got good D-line. So it's, does Fletcher uh, Cox still exist? Yeah, he still is. And they've got Derek Barnett. And uh, I'm forgetting somebody. Michael Bennett. <laughs> no, he no, retired. He retired. God, if only we could get him back. Um, he was somebody they did talk about bringing back. So that, that was that was there. <laughs> um, when we were really desperate, then we got Carlos Dunlap. Um Yeah, no, but again, give it to Shell. No, I think he is. That is pretty crucial. You want to have your starters on your offensive line. It is yeah. one of the worst. Any of those positions are one of the worst places to lose players because, I don't know, I don't want to sound like this, but casual football fans, and I'll say that with a with a big grain of salt, um, don't really understand how important an 
I think that makes line. sense, though. I mean, because like cause... they're pretty boring to watch. They just sit there and hold stuff. Yeah, you're like, oh, big big guys protect. You know, jeez, they are one of the most important parts of any offense, ever. as we have seen for years. Oh yeah, yeah, as we have seen for years, back in like the terrible days of Ifedi, Sweezy, Brit, who actually was the only part that was good, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other guys. Brit, who we let walk, and he was not happy that we let him walk. No, which is it uh, sucks, but well, I mean, Pochich Pochich has played well this year. Pochich is pretty good. Sad that he's hurt. And now that we have, uh, you know, Damian Lewis playing center, which just well, yeah, and that's the thing too is he. I mean, he played all right, but there were mistakes there, you know. And it's as me and you know, and other football fans, you know, will know. You can't really look at the O line and say, "Oh, you can you can miss play wherever." Yeah, you can say this guy. You know, you can you don't have to necessarily have the best guy here. Any sort of guy that's, you know, less than par, especially with some of the pass rushers that we have in this league, uh, you know, they'll teams will scheme for that. You know, when we had a Fetty, he was somebody that got beat a lot. You know, um, and having Dwayne Brown, where left tackle was an issue for a while. You know, when we had George Fant trying to play left tackle, which all all uh, oh, and he's a Jet too. All. Uh, George Fant was great. You know, having him around was fun. Seeing him catch two passes was <laughs> amazing. And I was hoping that one day we'd see him catch a touchdown. National anthem. No, um, national anthem. You know, but there's no really offensive lineman position where I can say, hey, we don't really need to go out and get a guy that's good at guard or center. or ta- They all matter. So, you know. Right. Uh, hoping that that ankle is not seriously hurt. Yeah. Did you have something to say, or did I? Uh... No, you covered that pretty well. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was interrupting you there. Um, Chris Carson is said to be back next week, unless he has a setback, uh, along with Ethan Pochich and Shaquille Griffin. So those three are expected to return this week. But Pete Carroll has kind of been an optimist when it comes to injuries, and that's always been a thing. So take that with a grain of salt, as you will. Quentin Dunbar. Uh, could be back after the three-week minimum IR stay uh, per Pete, Peter Carroll. Uh, and then here's some guys that we haven't really seen play this year. Uh, pass rusher uh, out of the draft from Tennessee, Daryl Taylor, could be practicing soon, as soon as next week, in fact. So he would – Pete Carroll and this coaching staff have really been raving about him. Uh, <laughs> How did I forget? I forgot he was even a thing. Yeah, no, he kind of, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we've still got him in the in the in the wings, and another guy that we still have in the wings is Rashad Penny. Um, he's said to be a little farther off than mm-hmm. Mr. Taylor, but those are two guys that are still, you know, I believe they are. They're they're working, they're rehabbing, so they're getting towards the end of the rehab, uh, and they could be practicing soon. So as we have talked at length about the pass rush for weeks and weeks, uh, and how it's improved. With Mr. Dunlap, we could be adding uh, Daryl Taylor to be another bookend to go with Carlos Dunlap there. So that's something that's coming. Uh, no really hard set dates, I don't believe. So it's it's coming, you know, but uh, hopefully with these games that we've got lined up, they're not too, you know, important. So they, they've got they've got some time. Uh, I'd, I'd obviously say that the Rams game would be one that would be like, that would be a big... Uh, big help considering how good their line is um and they're down andrew whitworth right now he's uh he's injured their left tackle so uh the oh this is not injury news 
Oops. Well, you know, um, I don't have any other injury news. Team notes, uh, the Seahawks announced that they will not have fans in the stands for the games on the 6th and 13th uh, mm-hmm. in December. Uh, those games are against the Giants and Jets, respectfully. So no fans again. Uh, I'm just going to say it again. I don't think we're going to have fans in the stands, period. Ever. Uh, well, I don't know about ever. I hope not. You know. Well, maybe not for this season. But yeah, for this season. season. I don't. I'm per, personally, both of us do not believe that'll happen. You know. So, uh, Damon Harrison was added to the active roster after he used up all of his elevations from the practice squad, so he is now just a part of the active roster. Uh, an interesting note is both the Packers and Ravens tried to sign him off of our practice squad, and he said no again. Uh, <laughs> Which to me is crazy, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, it, it's it's because he's ring hunting. But and both of those teams—they're both good teams. It's not both like good teams that could, you know, get yeah, a ring. You know, and he had offers from the Buccaneers earlier in the season too, and he said no. So it's it's it seems he's really committed to this franchise, and he seems to like uh, everything about it. So you know, that's I always like that. I always seeing you know players enjoy being here. You know, it's not like, oh, mm-hmm. Jamal Adams talking about how he dealt with depression in the, with the Jets. That's something you'd never want to see. That's just a poorly run franchise. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to take a big good. dookie on the Jets just because, you know, I don't like hearing stuff like that. Um, But it's, you know, and to go back to those additions, you know, Jamal Adams has repeatedly, you know, vocally said how much he enjoys being here and wants to be here. You know, and Carlos Dunlap, obviously those guys were disgruntled in their situation, but to continually see that they're enjoying where they are now is, you know, it's great. Uh, and it's, it's really a testament to the culture building that Pete Carroll does um, as head coach of this team and how valuable that can be. Um, sad news, but, oh, yeah, this is injury news. Uh, Bo Scarborough, Greg Olson, and Stephen Sullivan uh, were all placed on IR, so those guys will go on the shelf for a bit. Um Man, I didn't know about Stephen Sullivan. That's and we will see. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened to him. We will see what happens uh, when their three weeks stay is up. It's kind of like go to jail card. You're kind of there for a temporary amount of time, uh, as the IR has kind of changed this year with everything uh, in this pandemic. So we will see if we will see those guys back uh, in a, after the three week minimum. Greg Olson probably not. Um, <sighs> around the league, the NFL announced dates for the new league year. Uh, which will begin on the 17th uh, of March. Pardon me, brain went dumb for a second. The NFL draft is supposed to go um, from, ooh, I hate, I I've, I tend to forget uh, when months are. Oh, from April 29th to, no, from March 29th to April 1st. Uh, but that's alternative and that could change. Uh, because I mean, it's really hard to just put every, anything in concrete in this pandemic. So that's tentative. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, and this year's pro bowl, which the pro bowl is a joke for years. <laughs> this is so stupid, but, uh, it's even more of a joke. Now the NFL <laughs> will hold the pro bowl virtually <laughs> on Madden 21. Dude. Okay. Although <laughs> when they announce this, I think I announced this in the morning one day, and yep. I woke up and saw it on my phone and genuinely thought it wasn't real. I thought I was dreaming because that's like, it is one of the stupidest things. Yeah, I really don't know how they're going to do that. Like, why? Just cancel it, you guys. Yeah, just at this point, it. it's just, 
for years and years, uh, the Pro Bowl has just been – I mean, you can Nothing. see the effort on the field. It's just – I mean, even the NBA All-Star Weekend, they do a better job of that. You Because know? at least the NBA Skill Showcase is kind of fun. Yeah, they do, they do more than just the Pro Bowl. You know, it's – and it's – I mean, their All-Star game of sorts. You know, in the NFL, I mean, you can see it in weeks past, in years past. It's just been I, – I could go and I could see, like – the trench warfare in a real NFL game, you can see dudes getting smacked. Mm-hmm. And then the Pro Bowl, they're like hugging. And that's know, not that's like, not an exaggeration. Go down, go down now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, I hugged you. That's a tackle. And the refs will blow the whistle. Obviously, if I think back to when Sean Taylor like destroyed a punter, you know, things are obviously different from where they were. So it's uh if if you're that like one guy that enjoys the Pro Bowl, it'll be on Madden this year. Have fun watching it on Madden. I don't know how that's going to work, but, you know, hopefully the Seahawks won't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. Wednesday, oh, coronavirus updates. Yay! On Wednesday, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Wednesday of last week, the Las Vegas Raiders would add seven oh, players to the reserve slash COVID-19 <laughs> list, bringing their total to 10. All of them were on defense, and they would uh, they played a good game against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, but they would lose. Almost won, yeah. So, you know, you'd think that those uh, guys on their COVID-19 list would have helped them. On Thursday, all 32 NFL teams were uh, issued a memo stating that they would have to operate under the league's intensive protocol for the rest of the season starting on Saturday. This includes virtual team meetings and the wearing of masks by players and staff at all times while at the team facility, which is basically what we should all be doing. But, you know, um, Friday, it was announced that Brown's star pass rusher, Miles Garrett was added to the COVID-19 list and did miss their game on Sunday. Uh, and on Monday today, three players around the league were added to the reserve slash COVID-19 list. Two of them would be Ravens running backs, Marvin, Ing- Marvin. Wow. Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins. <laughs> Is Marvin Ingram a real person? No, it's like Melvin Gordon. Yeah, that's Melvin Gordon and Marvin Harrison mixed into one. Oops. And uh, Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen. The Ravens shut down their facility and their impact. The impact on their game Thursday, Thanksgiving versus Pittsburgh is currently unknown. So we will uh, see about that. But uh, it's it's it's. I would go and say, hey, these guys weren't following the rules. But you know, it's it's this virus. We don't know everything about it. You know, so it's just sort of taking things one step at a time and following the the procedures that have been laid out for us. So looking ahead for this team, the team sits at seven and three, second in the NFC West. They would have been first, but uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers really dropped the ball. Choked it. Uh, literally and figuratively. Several of the uh, <laughs> Buccaneers running backs had drops, and Tom Brady was just off the mark. Um, so the Rams are first. In the NFC West by tiebreaker, obviously they beat us. So that's why week 16 is so important when we play them again. Uh, and we're currently the number five seed in the NFC. So, you know, if you know anything about Seahawks history, you know that all of their Super Bowl appearances have come with that bye week and that home field advantage. Obviously, it's a different year with no fans in the stands, but it's still crucial, uh, I would think. So 7-3, and three, second in the NFC West, fifth in the NFC. The next game, obviously Monday, uh, the 30th of November at Philadelphia on Monday night football. So that's uh, under the primetime lights. We seem to have played Philly under the lights 
a decent amount of times in the last few years from uh, the year that I believe they went to the Super Bowl. We played them um, on Monday night. Ooh, no, I lied. Sunday night. Um, and then last year in the wild card. So familiar foe. Uh, Philly's obviously three and three, six and one, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Carson Wentz is still their starter. Uh, Doug Peterson. We play them on Monday. Wait, what'd I say? You said Sunday. You said you said Monday and then corrected yourself. Oh, I mean in the past, right? in the, like a few years ago, in like 2016, oh. we played them on Sunday night. Uh, oh. But yeah, this week we play them on Monday. I was um, there for that game. Really? Yeah, I watched I Russell go. Wilson throw. Or that Wilson was when catch. he was doing everything, wasn't he? he had that's this... what he, yeah, he caught a pass, he ran a pass, and he threw a pass. So, you know, that's uh, they've they've sort of been a, the familiar foe. In years past, it's been Carolina. It's like we played Carolina every single year. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying. It was and like now it's Philadelphia, movies. it seems. So, you know, there's that. Uh, the pride of Ferndale, Doug Peterson, their coach, did name did say that Carson Wentz is still their starting quarterback. So we will play Carson again. Good. Um, and that is our Seahawks for the week. Uh, the Sounders play Tuesday, which is when this will be uploaded, so I can't give you results for that. I'm not going to go into the future. Um, I, I don't remember if I n- announced this last week, um, but Jordan Morris, Raul Ruiz Diaz, and Nicholas Rodero, Ladero were all selected to the 2020 MLS Best 11. So, you know, that's the MLS form of uh, Pro Bowl, I believe, or all pros. Are they doing that one over FIFA? No, I hope oh, not. Um, but uh, so they were all selected to the best 11. So, you know, props to them. Uh, Jordan Morris, the pride of, uh, oh, shoot, Mercer Island. So if you're from Mercer, Mercer Island, you know, pop a, pop a bottle for Jordan tonight. Um, and former Mariners center fielder and Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. and his family joined the Sounders ownership group. So, you know, very uh, cool to see Griffey uh, involved in that and, um, and he turned 51. Oh, yeah. And it was his birthday. So happy birthday to the kid. No longer a kid. Actually very old. Pretty, 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 um, pretty separated from kiddom. Yeah. So, but it's still cool to see him getting involved and stuff like that. So uh, cool to see him be part of the ownership group now, which has a lot of Seattle legends from Russell and Sierra and everyone's favorite rapper, Macklemore. Um, so yeah, that's our Sounders. Uh, obviously they have a big game against LAFC in the first round of the playoffs. So we will, uh, have that for you next week. Can't really do that the day I upload. Um, UW football, a lot of stuff to actually unpack about this week. Um, and I think there's something that you can talk about, uh, after I get over the game recap, because there's kind of a story that's been going around the entire college football world. Um, Team played Arizona on Saturday. Uh, let's just go into the score. Uh, the first quarter, the Seahawks, I mean, ooh, ugh, Huskies started the scoring when Dylan Morris found Puka Nakua on a pass that Nakua would take 65 yards to the house, putting the Huskies up 11, I mean, 7 nothing with 11.27 to go in the first. Peyton Henry would add a field goal from 20 yards out to push the lead to 10 to nothing. And then with 2.48 in the first, Sean McGrew would punch the ball in from a yard out to extend the Huskies' first quarter lead. To 17 to nothing going into the second quarter. The only score that we would get from the second quarter would, quarter would be a two yard touchdown run from Richard Newton. 
to put the Huskies up 24 to nothing when we go into halftime. Coming out of halftime, uh, running back Kamari Pleasant would get in on the fun in that running back room with a 21-yard scamper to push the lead to 30 to nothing after a two-point conversion. I put this in air quotes. Failed. Um, it's it's I've put failed because Race Porter uh, took a pride of O'Day. Um, Race Porter took in a two-point conversion attempt and he was quote-unquote stopped, but it really did look like he got in. So, you know, justice for Race Porter. Pac-12 refs tend to suck. So, you know, there's that. And later on with 5.02 left in the third, Kate Otten would take a 20-yard pass from Dylan Morris and convert it to push the lead to 37 to nothing. Going into the fourth, this is when Arizona and the, the Wildcats really got all their points, made it closer than it looked. Excuse me. Uh, when I got on the board, when Grant Gannell hit Stanley Berryhill, the third, very cool name, from 30 yards out, but they would miss the extra point. They would hit the upright uh, to make the deficit only 31 points and stop the shutout. Richard Newton would get his longest run of his career uh, with 11:34 left in the fourth quarter with a 54-yard rushing touchdown to put the Huskies up 44-6. to The rest of the scoring would be all Arizona with Majon Wright catching a touchdown pass, Michael Wiley rushing for a touchdown, and Barry Hill the third, again, very cool name, uh, catching another touchdown pass to give us the whopping final score of Huskies 44, Wildcats 27. So really, like I said, closer than it looked. I mean, no. Yeah, closer than it – well, not as close as it looked. Pardon me. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Brain needs computing. We're getting up to uh, end of the quarter here, so I apologize if I have any gaffes. Uh, Dylan Morris completed 15 out of 25 passes uh, for 230 yards and two touchdowns. Richard Newton had eight attempts on 81 yards. And two touchdowns, Kate Otten, seven receptions, 100 yards even, and a touchdown. And the Huskies sit at second in the Pac-12 North, still behind Oregon as Oregon is also 2-0. So, whoop-de-doo. No, I believe they're 3-0. They didn't have any games canceled. Uh, Team news, uh, three Huskies were named to Pac-12 Teams of the Week. Zion Tupuola Vetui, I really probably botched that, named – uh, was named the to the Pac-12 D-line of the week. Luke Wattenberg, center, was named the O-line of the week, and quarterback Dylan Morris was named the freshman player of the week. This one sucks. Uh, the Apple Cup was canceled. Oh, yeah, boo. I heard about that. Installments of the in-state rivalry that the Huskies have dominated. It's not really a rivalry. Thanks, Cougs. Yeah, it was uh, – announced that will not be played this Friday due to COVID-19 restrictions. And by that, more specifically, uh, Washington State did not have enough scholarship players to be eligible for this game. So that's an issue. I don't believe we will have that game played this year. So, uh, I mean, you can just chalk it up to another Husky win, honestly. Um, After it was found out that the Apple Cup would be canceled, UW reached out to BYU about playing a game game Saturday in Seattle as the Pac-12 didn't announce that teams could uh, schedule non-conference games due to uh, COVID-19 issues if they lost the game. But BYU declined. Really interesting because this comes after BYU quarterback Zach Wilson wore a headband that said (laughs) any team, any time, any place after they beat Northern Alabama. Woohoo! Which basically suggested that BYU is not scared of anyone. Uh, and they tried to save face. BYU, the BYU athletic director stated 
that they would want a guarantee that the game would be played. And it, it made sense after I read it, but uh, because the Pac-12 may force UW to play Utah uh, since they may not have a game. Uh, so that's they want commitment, but it's uh, it's it's really interesting that they put that tweet out and Zach Wilson wore that headband and then BYU declined it because BYU <laughs> doesn't BYU is undefeated. That's great, and they're ranked number eight in the country, but they haven't beat a Power Five team this year. So, just uh, what do you think, Bennett? Is BYU being soft, or is there a reason? Uh, it's a. <laughs> It's a funny thing, because uh, that is uh, as funny as it. I mean, that is one player uh, making the storm, acting yeah. cocky because they beat I don't know a nothing team. Uh, it does kind of feel like put your money where your mouth is, and it does feel like it's a bit soft. College sports. Okay, if I'm real, at the end of the day, yeah, keep these kids safe. Make sure that yeah. they're, uh, you know not gonna get this terrible terrible horrible virus but also like don't get cocky and don't get so boisterous that you can like choose your message yeah you don't want to look stupid later and right now they are looking quite stupid the entire team is looking quite stupid uh wazoo is also looking at all silly because they were one of the more they still have a huge outbreak you know yeah they were one of the more lackadaisical schools when it came to controlling the um pandemic pandemic and having parameters so it's like this is one of those seasons where it's already shortened yep you're already in a position where you're not going to be playing as many games as you're going to be why not try to make it possible for your players to play every game as possible safely i actually i'm not 100 keen on why byu is doing this and you know i mean uh the thing about wanting to make sure that they can play you know because you don't want to prepare for a game and put money into a flight you know right. and you can't play the game that makes sense to me but it's just really interesting how they put that out and they said any team any time any place and then they said eh, we don't we don't want to play UW because it is, uh, pre- is its presentation it's how you're going to present yourself yeah to the rest because of the obviously it does come into account like you said with everything cool. going on you do want to keep these guys healthy you do want to be safe about it but uh you know it was it was kind of fun to uh, it, do- it makes you look bad it does make yeah. you look bad and it was I, interesting because i had guys on oregon twitter and just about the rest of the college football world clowning on byu for that so yeah uw did play byu last year uh and did win 45 to 19 so uh, maybe BYU doesn't have good memories. Zach Wilson went 26 for 42 uh, for 277 yards, a touchdown and an interception. So maybe he doesn't have good Husky memories, but just an interesting thing. Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen this week. There might be a game that might not. Obviously the Huskies didn't get to play the week one game against Cal. So they're already missing a game. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't have any other team news or COVID-19 updates for the Pac-12 or the Huskies. Um, but in basketball news, the Husky Classic was canceled due to COVID-19 issues. This would have been three teams coming to Seattle to play the Huskies on different days. That doesn't get to happen uh, due to worry with the visiting teams uh, and COVID-19. So that sucks, but, you know, as we've mentioned, got to be safe mm-hmm. uh, and just take those precautions. Uh, and then former Huskies getting drafted in the NBA draft. Uh, two Huskies were selected in the first round, the Pistons, acquired Isaiah Stewart with a 16th pick, and the Timberwolves acquired Jaden McDaniels at pick 28. will join former Husky Jalen Noel in Minnesota. 
So big ups to those guys. Uh, you know, Husky oh, basketball. Uh, I, there was an, another one went to the Blazers. Oh, I think I think uh, Isaiah Stewart. He was yeah, he was drafted by them, but then they traded the pick, which was, it confused me because on draft night I got the notification that said Blazers, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. He'll be close, you know. And then I was like, oh, the Pistons got him, so it's uh, confusion. Oh, how confusing. Yeah, you, get, you see what I mean? Because I got the notification from ESPN that said Isaiah Stewart to the Blazers. I'm like, Ooh. right. And then I, I, I go to like put this into the notes, and it says Pistons. I'm like, hmm, that's odd. Hey, you want to know something interesting? Hmm. Just looked it up. He's playing for the Rockets. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Stewart or McDaniels? <laughs> this is so broken. Dude, check this out. If you go to his Wikipedia, it says... He's playing for the Houston Rockets, but he was drafted by the Blazers, but he was traded to the Pistons. Was it a three-way trade? It does say that. I'm... Oh, it was a three-way trade. So it was given to the uh, Pistons. Wait, hold on. What? No, because his Wikipedia does say Rockets, but ESPN says... It says he was traded for Covington. Oh, he was involved in that trade. That's why. Uh, 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 uh. And then Ariza ended up on the Rockets. Someone needs to fix his, fix his Wikipedia page. That's confusing. Because it does say that on his Wikipedia. I was like, Bennett, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, he's right. So, uh, yeah, whoever's messing with his Wikipedia page, please stop. Quit. <laughs> uh, and Jaden McDaniels was drafted by the Lakers, but he was traded to Minnesota. So that's why I got confused because I got the <laughs> notification that said Lakers, you know. And then it said, oh, yeah, psych, he's going to Minnesota. So he will join former Husky Jail in the Will in Minnesota. And that's all I've got for you. Uh, that's all we've got for you this week. Um, Wait, hmm? there's one more thing. If it makes you feel any better about injuries, uh, we glossed over this briefly. But Snacks did get promoted to roster again. I said that. No, you didn't. I said it got signed to the active roster. No, now I sound stupid. I was like, wait, what did I forget? Man, it's you know, all I right. had a bad feeling about saying that. But, it, you know, it's good that, you know, as we said, it's... Uh... Please glom onto my segue. Please notice what I just said there. <laughs> that is uh, all, all we've got for you this week. Um, I, I, I don't want to say it's an easy game coming up. I kind of think that every game is important going forward uh, for our Seahawks. But... Um, you know, it's we'll see what happens on Monday night. Hopefully, uh, they just come out and, like Bennett said, hopefully Russell Wilson can sit in the fourth quarter. So, uh, Huskies don't have any idea what's going on. Um, Sounders take care of business against LAFC. Uh, everybody have a good Thanksgiving, uh, safe Thanksgiving, please. I don't really want to see cases continue to spike, but they probably will. Um, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bennett, thoughts, words, uh, things to say, things to scream. I, I'm excited for football next week. Aren't I'm we? Happy all? to see us play the play the Eagles. Bennett, you know that's those are words I could live by. I'm excited <laughs> to see football every Sunday. You every. know, so uh, we wish you happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you on Tuesday. Baba Bowie.